so welcome back guys this is two girls and a mic <laughs> your weekly podcast with your two amazing hosts myself being miss lala and the one sitting next to me being really sarcastic today because she's ill ain't we all just introduce yourself hi guys oh god coughs for sympathy <laughs> it's it's me no it's not a man i sounded so i sounded so deep and hoarse this morning i shocked, I shocked myself I spoke this morning. I was like, yeah. "Oh, who's that?" Yeah, so it's me. I've got, <laughs> I've got a cold. I've got, a ch- I've got a chesty, chesty throat, chesty throat, chesty throat, chesty cough. Yeah, a sore throat. And um, so yeah, it's me, Miss She Talks. I'm still doing what I do best, though, talking. Welcome to our <laughs> podcast, and we have a guest in the studio. Oh my god! If you guys we have been listening. Have You'll understand why she's so happy right now. The past few podcasts, can I just say that she has been so excited about this particular person coming in and I have no idea what she's about to do. We do have a running order with this show, but I have a feeling it's going to go clean out the window. So I want to say a big welcome. Or do you want to say it? I was just dancing. Okay. Do you want to do you want to <laughs> welcome the person you've been so excited to see? He's weak. Day Baptiste. And the crowd goes wild. Thank you. The crowd of two people. It's <laughs> one of the smaller crowds I've played to, but yeah, I'll take it. How are you doing, Dane? I'm good. It's I'm been good. a hot minute, man. Mm. We had to get you into the show. I know you've been a busy, busy bee. Yeah, just working very hard, man, so that when I finally got here, I'd have something to talk about. So, <laughs> Dane, least. you've been working extremely hard. I and have it, been. it hasn't gone unappreciated. Thank you. <laughs> Sits up on seat, Shezza, getting ready. Do you want to rub your hands? Wipe your brow? Look. Want to drink of water? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm right. ready. Cool. We're going to speak to Dane in a, in a little bit, but you know, we're going to do what we normally do. I'm going to ask you about your week, Shezza. How's it been? Well, in fact, my week has been, um, it's it just been a bit blue. My uh, one of my closest and oldest friends' mother passed away, mm, sorry, and man. that was it was a, um, a real shock. Still is um, quite a shock. So, yeah, that was that wasn't great, um, and so just kind of just getting on with things with that, carrying that, you know, grief and stuff, and it, it's you know that's it's just a mark of adulthood. Mm. That's what I'm really finding about people dying that's been one of the real marks of adulthood and it's it's a tough one but it's it's life death is life that's the the irony of it so um yeah so that's 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 not been that great but apart from that we thank god for our own lives <laughs> amen amen and um yes that's been it work i oh, know we talked about that last week what's that nothing what did you do no no i was going to just say something that happened at work but we talked about it last week Oh, you're um oh, sorry. <laughs> do you want to say it again? Because no. cleary you're still No no no. Dave wants to know now, he's curious. Just do a recap on, on I'm still episode. riding on that wave. No, I it's think, just um a judge praised her amazing work and said it was oh, last her what's it on her the, the case, summation? The case, Is that yeah, the right word? Yeah, my closing speech. Yeah, was one of the best he's ever heard in life. That's very good. And probably in the next life as well. That's amazing. Stop stop. What was the what was the verdict though? What about the verdict? I got the compliment. Yeah. I'm the winner here. <laughs> Swan that of court, not realizing the case wasn't actually over yet. I was like, oh yeah, oh, no, yeah. let me go back. <laughs> 
But yeah, so I'll be signing autographs after the um, podcast, mm. um, if you like. <laughs> so yeah, no, how's your week been, La? Do you know what? It's been pretty much the same as yours in terms of like, you know, the, this cold thing. This weather is really... I know. I feel like this island is haunted. I said it said it today on Twitter. I'm like, the UK, I don't know if we're living in some... And maybe I think the Bermuda Triangle is actually around the UK. It's not in Bermuda, it's here. I don't understand how it can be cold for like three quarters of the year. We're actually in the summer months now. We're, we're approaching we're, we're, we're them, yeah. Yeah. And why am yeah. I, why am I mucusy? Why am I coughing? Climate change. Why am I climate change. Climate change. <sighs> you say climate change. I say this place is haunted. It's haunted, so yeah. Right? Haunted yeah. by its mistakes. And why why am I paying for the mistakes? Why, Which uh, why can't I breathe? We all are. <laughs> it's not fair. So yeah, but um yeah, no, you're right. I think you know the, the crazy weather change. I mean, this weekend was beautiful. It was wasn't and I just it? thought, yes, we've arrived finally. No. So you don't Monday morning boy. So you don't went wrong getting trusting straight away. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even a week and you letting your guard down, not me. Listen, I was so happy. I'm like, where are my summer clothes? Where I was like flinging out clothes everywhere. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, they all had to go back. Yeah. <laughs> all had to exactly. go. Just get back in there, kicking it in with my foot and everything. It's crazy. That. I hate when you get to the stage where you're like, right, I won't be turning on my heating anymore. And then mm. you just come home and it's really cold and you're like, yeah, on goes the heating. Uh-uh. <laughs> what is wrong with this country for real? Yeah. Yeah. So what have you got planned then? What do you have? What have I got planned? Oh, I've got lots of things going on. I can't say yet. I don't know. I say this all the time. I don't like jinxing things. I'm scared. Okay. You'll understand. It's not not long, Shezza. I I promise. I I will tell you. And when I do tell you, you'll understand why it is I kept my mouth shut. Am I going to be amazed? Yeah, you will. Oh my gosh. I just, you know what, and this, inco- I want to start guessing and I know you're not going to tell me that I'm going to be I can't. I have to be like, no, it can't say anything. But no, I promise you, you'll find out soon enough. But yeah, it's, really? it's intense right now. So this is probably why I've got this cold as well, because I feel like I'm stressing yeah. about stuff. But um, yeah, I feel mine is partly to do with that as well. Yeah, it really um, is what it is. So until then, yeah. for the next, you know, two, three weeks, I'm just going to just hold it down and just be like, no, nothing's going on. Things are going on. Yeah. <laughs> I've I got, got a little gig coming up that um, I'm kind of excited about, a little professional gig. It's just yeah. a one-dayer, but it's it's cool. So, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe I might talk about that at the time. If it coincides, yeah, yeah. then we can just... All know. right, then we can do, like, a big reveal. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but mine would just be like... Something quite dull. No, it staged. won't be. I'm sure it'd be amazing. I know you anyway. And you'd be like, guess what? <laughs> ITV called me to be the new seller black. I'll be like, oh, snap. <laughs> I'll be like, mm, mine ain't that great anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that, you know. I'm just putting That'd it out there. That'd be amazing. I'd love that job. Yeah, I'd love it. I'd love it. Yeah. Isn't that Paddy McGuinness's job now that would take me out? Take me out. That was oh. like blind date on a much more. Yeah. Oh, we like Paddy McGuinness as well. On a kind of more Tinderish kind of yeah. swipe left. Yeah, nerd. so it's like a blind date for a younger generation, isn't it? Yeah. Like people don't ask questions no more. I always wonder how that show would work if the guys were the ones. You oh, know, on the panel, <laughs> the girl would be <laughs> laughing. Like. No, because it depends on the guys. If it's like the guy, the scragglebacks you get out of Central London, then no lights are turning <laughs> off ever. And one Romany guy with roses at the end. Oh, God. <laughs> the lights would never go out, man. 
Like the thong, see the back off. And then... <laughs> it's no wait, it's no wait. And now saying. you see why we have Dane in the studio. So you know what, Dane, what we're going to do, we're going to, you know, do our little interview section with you, being as you're here. We might as well, might as well ask you some questions. Yeah. So, do you know what? I thought, let me do a bit of research on Dane. Obviously, I know you personally, but I thought I need to, I need to go back th- further mm-hmm. to, you know, be a time before when you and I didn't really know each other. So, you know, I did a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. Wikipedia brought up your page. It was extensive. I was impressed. It's first I heard. I, it. <laughs> I don't Google myself. I feel, I feel like if I start doing that, you then... You don't Google yourself? No, because if I start doing that now, I'm already lost, man. Like, oh. It's a kind of... It's only Wikipedia, though. They just have generic facts. It's oh, not like it. you're looking on a blog and trying to find out, you know, who's Dane Steve Surprised there's, like, more than one section or anything like that. <laughs> I've never shown up in a blog either, so... Uh, there's a lot well, of yeah, give it time, give yeah, it time. True. So, you know... Jan, you wanna... Hasn't Jan covered him yet? Yeah, loads of times. Okay. But no for good stuff... Vlog. Oh, yeah, yeah. As long as you're not under the yeah. heading Black Man in Crisis, you're doing okay. <laughs> That's one of our big segments. It's a real segment. You don't want to be there. We'll, we'll have to find out what the definition of crisis is. There's a lot of crises. That, it's you know, it's extensive, believe me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> who, who are some of the past alumni from this crisis oh, section? Um, you know, I'm not even saying Let me not, because, because we could get into trouble. And he, she actually mentioned one person last week who I know has been in there several times, but... Let me know. Ace was like Ace just on our that. WhatsApp group. What the? You lot just shading people from early. Not you lot. The guest. We just ask questions. Yeah. And they so reveal. If you want to know who 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 may have been discussed on that episode, that mm. was episode twenty. You can catch it on SoundCloud. Yeah. ITunes. And if you need to find out which black men she's referring to, just go to her her page and just type in the search box. And yeah. Mad see A whole role of people <laughs> in there. Dane, I'm happy to say you're not one of them, which is great. So far. <laughs> it's great. So, you know, like, so just much. keep doing what you're doing and okay. you'll never oh, okay. be in there. Okay, but good, yeah, good. you're from South, which is always great in my book. I'm from South as well. All right. That was one of the fun facts on there. You've been nominated. You have fun going to a rave. <laughs> all the time. Is, She's done it all the while. Which is 25% full. <laughs> <laughs> About Boo South. <laughs> I tell her every week, don't come for us. Now, you know. you know how many promoters we've put for university just by <laughs> attending? <laughs> Bad boo. Hey, so you won a. <laughs> oh, dear, you know, you've oh, won a few, you've been nominated show. for a few comedy awards like the um, Edinburgh, Edinburgh Comedy Award. Apparently, you're the first black Briton to be nominated. Yeah. Oh, is that a true fact? That's true. That's not something I, that's the Guardian picked up on that. Really? Yeah, Fantastic. first black, first black Briton to be nominated. So you didn't actually award. know that until they kind nah, of. No, the nomination was cool, but then it was like, yeah, it turns out. And then I was like, don't lie. And I went and checked. I was like, okay. Nice. I mean, right. nice, but really? Okay. At the same time. And what's this Chortle Award? Because you've been nominated for that as well. I don't so, know what So Chortle is basically like the directory for comedy. So like events and reviews. So yeah. it's like one of the. It's one in industry wise, it's like a well recognized website and stuff, and they have like a whole award show and stuff like that. So, got nominated for best newcomer on that as well. Nice. So, as far as comedy, that's like one of the premier websites or whatever. So, people will blog and yeah. people contribute. So, it's just like there with like Huffington Post and stuff. Oh, so. okay, okay, nice, nice, nice. You've been on a few TV shows as well, like Sweat the Small Stuff, Virtually Famous, Celebrity Square, Safe Words, and you've been on Live at Apollo, which I was like, oh my God, look at Dane, because I love that show. It's I amazing. watched that. So congrats on that. How did Thank you me. feel when they were like, Dane, show, Apollo? Yeah, I was like, hell yeah, straight away. <laughs> I, the um, producer came, met me in Edinburgh. Um, I think he wasn't able to make the show that day, but he was just like, yeah, how would you like to do Live at the Apollo? And I was like, yeah, obviously. Okay. And then, yeah. That was in August. I think I was on it in like October, November. 
Can I be like, um, what's his face? Posty from not from the ra- not for the radio. Mm. Do you get paid for that? <laughs> you know, Do you get paid? Always asked about money. Like, yeah, no, you get paid for live mm. on the Apollo. Yeah, you I you get paid. Show, so I, was, I, was, I would say, without giving too much away, that you would make more from doing live on the Apollo than you'd make from probably doing like half the year of gigs. Wow. So. Wow. Drinks on you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> down the road. You know, you do a round. Whoever <laughs> <laughs> spoons. Okay. A few okay. doubles as well. Oh, nice. nice. So some of some people might have seen you on um, your own show, which is called Sunny D, which uh-huh. is on BBC Three. We're going to talk about that in a sec. But I know that the show was kind of loosely based on you personally, your life, you growing up with your twin sister in, yeah. in South living in your house, trying to get out of your house, yeah. doing a job that you hated. So can you kind of give us a little bit of like what made you decide, you know what, I think my life is so incredibly funny and it needs to be on TV and the people need to watch this. I think the BBC would want this. What made you kind of like go for oh, it? Oh man, like it wasn't even as far as that, man. I think it's just in terms of the journey of wanting to be a comic, I guess yeah. with most creatives that most people have something that might be emotionally significant. You think, well, at some point I can express myself have a catharsis or this mm. whenever in whatever outlet I have and um I guess I was always like that I always wanted to do comedy there's like certain things that happen I'm like oh god I gotta tell people about this shit one day so <laughs> that's kind of what the show was about and I just and what happened was that I um when I did my first show in Edinburgh the commissioner from the BBC came to watch the show and what they do each year is that they all they uh, invite like writers and production companies to submit a treatment um and that was the pilot for Sunny D so I'd written that before I got to Edinburgh and um, so he was just like, you know, great show and stuff like that. Have you got anything else? Because we're doing the feeds this year. So had the treatment and that was like August 2014. And it kind of went back and forth between the format of the show and what it was going to be like and how I was going to represent it and stuff. And in the end, it came out how I wanted to. And then, yeah, so then the pilot got commissioned. So, yeah, I guess I suppose, I suppose like I just wanted to, um, yeah, just show what my life was like before I did comedy, I guess, because it's just the easiest thing, easiest thing I could write about in detail, mm. and because it was a forefront of my mind, because it hadn't been that long ago, and I just felt, you know, if just you write what you know, and also something that's relatable as well, and so the idea of the show is that it kind of captures like the new quarter life crisis and yeah. what it's like for generation rent to be dealing with, you know, life in the UK now, yeah. and there's also the fact that you know a lot of people that have are creatives or, or if they had the choice where they could do something where money wasn't an object. Mm then what would they do? So that I guess that's part of it. And then also at the same time, it's kind of understanding that most people have their obligations financially or to their family and stuff or socially where it may not be as straightforward as this guy and then leaving behind all of my obligations and doing what I want to do. So I guess I hope it provides some kind of escapism there as well. Yeah. So it's not so before it gets too like preachy, it kind of cuts to like surreal things as well. And it, I guess it combines like a lot of my influences. Like So the sitcoms I liked was kind of like Everybody Hates Chris and like Scrubs and love Scrubs yeah so just hopefully just marrying the kind of two kind of formats where it had like the cutaways as well as having yeah. like a narrative as well so and from a first person perspective so yeah. like even like things like the Wonder Years and stuff and it's oh, all I love that I love the Wonder oh. Years so, so was all, all of those all of those things that you just mentioned like going off the cutaways into the surreal bits and stuff was that all that was all you writing and yeah, yeah. putting all of all, that together. yeah that's all me yeah. so I mean I hadn't had previous experience like writing for screen so like I have, I would have my stuff edited, like you know. So my manager was a producer, so she helped me set out scenes and stuff, or the arc of how see, you cut between scenes, because how I see it in my head might not necessarily work for TV, because right, yeah. you know, I've learned now that you deal with edits and stuff, and what scenes are going to lend to the story more than others, and what can be cut. So, mm. yeah, other than that, but so far as designing the ideas and stuff, they're they're all based on either previous stand up I'd done or an idea that I wanted to do, but may 
wasn't able to necessarily represent it on stage. Right. So yeah, it's all I wrote the whole thing and yeah. Nice. How so like I want to talk about your transition from, you know, nine to five to comedy. Like how do you go to your parents and to your friends and be like, you know what, I've had enough. I want to change a direction and then you tell them you want to go into comedy which isn't the exact you know it's not exactly the most conventional conventional job or lucrative or <laughs> really in the world um, no, how did they take that were they supportive or what what was the situation i would say like parents wise like with most immigrant parents it's like if you're not doing anything legal clerical medical then it's just like well, <laughs> well you failed really so I mean, I think that was more of my mum. And, and it's just because, you know, I guess she worries about normal stuff. Are you going to be able to afford a home and a family? You, what is your family background? Oh, we're from uh, Grenada. Okay. So, yeah, it's just kind of... My sister-in-law's from Grenada. Yeah. So the work <laughs> ethic is serious. <laughs> I'm serious. So, yeah, that's what I mean. If you're not like, a doctor or lawyer, if you don't wear a suit to work, then it's like, well, what are you doing with your what life? You or are you, are you doing a job whereby, you know, you're provided, like, a future in the form of a pension? Just the normal stuff. Like, mm. Just to be a normal square. And I gave it a go. I really tried, I guess. So... <laughs> For a lot of my family members I spoke to initially, like they could understand my frustrations or what I was dealing with, and everyone has dealt with frustrations at work or like with the idiot manager or whatever. So, so far as that, they all got it. And my dad was always kind of like, well, as long as you're working hard at something and not being a bum. I think that's what the first everyone was worried is like, it's going to be on a dole, it's just going to mm. be on the street, like just hanging out. So I'm not that, no. But did you, did, you actually, did you actually come clean and be like, I'm actually going to be a comedian? Um... I probably didn't. It probably wasn't like a coming out like that. I didn't like step right. in the front of the room and be like, guys, <laughs> everyone be quiet. Okay. Mom, you put that Dutch pot lid down. I've got something to say. <laughs> no, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. But I guess it was just more working my way up to it. Actually, I had to kind of work my way like up to baby it. Baby steps. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. a great new job. Yeah, I'm going to, well, I'm going to come and I'm giving this a go for now. We'll see what happens. And I'll, be, I'll be looking for work in the meantime. And, uh, I wasn't looking for work in the meantime. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. I'll be looking for work in the meantime. Baby yeah. steps. I had, a, I had a job. I got another job before I went to Edinburgh for the first time and it was not going well, really. And then at one point they were like, well, maybe we should give you an appraisal and blah, blah. And I was just like, you know what? Yeah. Mm. Nah, I'll just leave. Mum was yeah. like, what happened to that job? Oh, you know, I've got made redundant. It's crazy. Redundant. <laughs> oh, no. Your mum's like, oh, poor thing, my baby. No, she wasn't even like, she was like, why? What's wrong? What happened? Why weren't you? Are you looking for another job? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get started on Monday. <laughs> I just went to Edinburgh oh, for like two weeks. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I went to Edinburgh for like two weeks. Oh, and just left. When was the first time you mm. went to the, it's the Edinburgh Comedy Festival? Festival. Mm. Um, 2011, I think was the first time. Wow. And um, and they went there for like 10 days. Because I just wanted to see what it was like, because it's the biggest arts festival in the world. It's a comedy mm. festival, but you have like theatre there and spoken word and... Mm, like small plays and then you have the Dave have like a TV party there the last two weeks as well so yeah it was just um yeah just to find out how that all worked okay. and because I mean I, I was getting into comedy but as I started doing like more mainstream gigs and being aware of the industry as a whole it was like well everybody goes to Edinburgh pretty much and so it's just like well let's see what the fuss is about and yeah you got you get there and you see the sheer scale of it like mm. they got the Royal Mile which is literally like it's like a circus like a parade like every day there's a parade of people and you'll get like when you get like even like Japanese kabuki play people like plays and improvise improv and some dude is dressed as predator just stands on the thing for, <laughs> some guy dresses as predator and he just stands on his thing like posing for like a month <laughs> and he probably makes more money than some people that do shows there mm. just, just have to the German just be predator and then just turn his sticker one time and then that's it but you get, yeah I mean you get everything you get all the comedians you get artists a few actors you get like people dressed up like dinosaurs 
and <laughs> sounds crazy. Yeah, it's mad. Wait, it's mad. Ace, is that where you lot are going? Oh, I see that now. All right, I like the link. But yeah, I wanted to ask you because I remember this was a little while ago. You and I were like speaking about mm-hmm. you know just kind of black comedy, yeah, and kind of you know just you not wanting to be pigeonholed in that typical. I'm a black comedian, I only do black jokes, Yeah. you know, black, 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 whatever. And then all of a sudden you're just doing certain jokes and doing them at certain places. So I know for you, it's, it's a big thing for you not to get labeled in that way. So mm-hmm. it, I guess it's kind of two questions I want to ask. Like, what have, you, what, have you consciously consciously not kind of gone down that route? And have you found that because you've done that, you know, certain black comedians or, you know, people in that kind of arena haven't been as supportive of you. Maybe they don't. Yeah, it's a, it's a mixture going. It's a mixture of both. So yeah. I, I say I made a conscious decision, not because I, you know, shy away from speaking about my race or speaking about race, mm. but just because however it's viewed in the UK, like race relations is not a new topic to discuss in comedy. It's been done and it's been done very well yeah. by, you know, predecessors like your Dave Chappelle's, your Chris Rock's all the way up until like, your Red Foxes or Dick Gregory. So for you to talk about it, even, I mean, even really, like, you watch stuff like the Real McCoy, you had people like Leah Muhammad who, you mm-hmm. know, converted to Nation of Islam on TV screens when it was seldom known about other than the States. And, um, you know, I've met, like, your Eddie Nesters and Curtis Walkers, and it's kind of, they how they did it, they did a great job, and this is why it's so iconic today, like mm-hmm. something like the Real McCoy. So for me, it was, I'm happy to talk about it, but if I'm going to approach it, then it has to be in a very unique way. And also, talking about pigeonholing is that there was, there is, a trap kind of set for black comics where if you discuss race relations then they can easily kind of reduce what you do and be like well he just, just talks about being black and mm. it's been said done and right. why can't we must we always discuss race and uh, you know I mean, I mean but race is not really as uh, <laughs> divide us in the same way in the UK you know I think class really is more breeds more than race in the UK and so the, but it, it's a very yeah. subversive way of quieting what you have of silencing you so you had to yeah so it's just had to find a very unique way mm. in approaching it and also because of the fact that it at the same time, it can be very hack as well in that when, you know, historically when people started talking about race and it was new, yeah. then it meant that you had like a series of clones and stuff like that where people could just be like, ah, oh, mm. and just cite a very, you know, tired kind of black stereotype as a yeah. joke. And then audiences would laugh at that and be like, well, I've indulged this, therefore I'm liberal. So, yeah. no, he did a black thing and I laughed. So the thing is that... <laughs> you know, I, a black thing. Yeah. yeah. No, he, the black guy came on, I found it funny, which mm. means I'm no longer racist. Yeah. So... <laughs> And then they feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah exactly. So and that's, and that's the kind of thing people are like, well, hey, look, okay. Me? Racist? No. I, there was a black guy on and I laughed, so I got his things. That's the thing, yeah. And, 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 yeah, so that's, and that's, I guess that was part of it. And then, but yeah, I feel to an extent, like, you know, some of the gigs I would have done, some people might have not been that receptive to stuff I spoke about or maybe how I approach topics, but really that's a risk you take. Like, I'm not really going out and I obviously I'm able to have more confidence in this position now because I've done it for longer but I'm not really going out to tell people what they want to hear. I'm telling them what I think. Yeah. And also with um, comedy, it's a very cerebral thing because it's all about how I think. And based on that same thing, I always say when people dream, you don't necessarily dream about yourself as a woman or as a black person, yeah. you know, as a disabled person, like it's your consciousness that's being projected. And it's the same way, that's what I'm doing with comedy. So the payoff comes from people thinking, that's that's when they say, oh, you're saying what we're thinking. Yeah. I'm not saying how we look, I'm saying how you think. So you don't necessarily think as a black person, you know, that's not really a label you put on yourself when you're forming your thoughts. Anyway, you have to be aware of the fact that you are black sometimes, but that shouldn't shape your entire perspective. So that's, I guess that's something I try to put into my, into my material as well, whereby I'm definitely trying to defy 
the curve of what it means to be black. Because even by me validating certain things anyway, then it it kind of reduces us as well in a way. Yeah. So I suppose, and, and you know, and it doesn't show any evolution. And it's kind of where I, I find like I've done some shows where some of the topics that might be discussed, I feel like that audience, where they're not in this mob of an audience here, mm. they wouldn't be as narrow-minded. Yeah. So there's a lot of, so for example, like I'll say, what I've done with some, maybe some black audiences, there are some taboos where there is, uh, you know, is it masturbation or homosexuality or, you know, challenging like Judeo-Christian faith. And mm. so if you say anything that might, people might appear to be, you know, standing out from their audience, then they'll be, they'll just be very guarded. Right. So I've always kind of tried to challenge that to an extent, not so much just for the sake of shock value, but because it's just opening up the topic for yeah. us to discuss it. Because, you know, we don't really have forums politically or socially where or even secular institutions most of the time where you know we can discuss issues mm. so you know art has always been like an outlet or entertainment has always been an outlet for you know the diaspora to speak about certain issues so yeah. i just try and do the same thing in that respect but I, yeah i'm aware that some people not have, haven't taken it to it straight away but then at the same time you know people have to mature themselves and i think some of the time some observations i make people might not get it straight away yeah. but as they get older and they get out into the world yeah then you know they'll realize a lot of stuff I say rings true so like one example was I um I did a, a joke before about being on a bus at mm. a show and I think I might as decided you know you're like on a bus silence <laughs> and I'm thinking you're telling me everybody here everyone here has a car none of you have ever been on public transport before but the thing is at first I'll be angry but then it's like I have to think about like the audience I'm dealing with where they're too afraid to be like, yeah, man, I was on a bus. Oh my day, he's on a bus. How embarrassing. <laughs> that's, but that's how people, they're people that God is. They're that God is where they feel that they'll be that vulnerable if they talk about being on a bus. Like, this is a, this is, this is a perfect example. Like, you know when that song Scrubs came out, yeah? Uh, no. When Scrubs came out, but no Scrubs came out, yeah? That made a man afraid to be in the passenger seat. <laughs> I'm just gonna because the that's seat, that's the influence the that that's the, the level boots. of influence that like black entertainment can have on the community is that <laughs> if you're on the passenger seat you're sweating because if two girls walk past you and you get called the s word that's you but really it just makes economic sense for you all to take the same car if you're going to the same place is that crazy especially now you drive down that motorway now and everything's like carbon emissions and everything's there so why are we gonna take four cars to go to the same venue that just makes no sense. But that's the kind of, that's the level of influence people can have that to this day, people are like, I'm not sitting in the past. Are you mad? No, I'm not doing that. But that's how you, you feel. But really, it just makes sense if you're in the same car. <laughs> See, maybe forget my train of thought. Okay, so with that being said, do you find it's, um, do you find like mainstream kind of, the, the mainstream comedy circuit, is it opening up more to kind of black comedians and kind of not thinking about the fact that, you know, they're just going to do black jokes. They'll just do jokes like everybody else, no? I, th I think it's open. It's open to an extent, but then at the same time, I suppose it's a, uh, there's a lot to learn, I would mm. say, in the mainstream. So they can be receptive, but at the same time, there are some nuances yeah. that, uh, that you know, are within, you know, the, the diaspora that they don't pick up on. Right. And it's probably if they had more awareness, it would work a lot more. And, yeah. I think they really, there's a lot of, there's a lot that could translate that doesn't at this stage because it's still, the understanding is still quite, it's still very black yeah, and it's white. Still, still very black, it's still very black and white. Where, yeah. Whereas we know really that it's a spectrum yeah. and that's what they need to see really, that it's not as a separate as black and white. And yeah. it's something I tried to address in great detail at the start of my second show. The second show I wrote was like, because I'm well aware that people always, there's always this uh, stigma about acts that talk about race. 
like I put out at the top of the show, like, you know, this is about being black. And, you know, say, for example, you know, it's, there's a lot of subliminal conditioning where black's concerned. Like, we have, like, Black Wednesday is when the markets crashed and mm-hmm. you know, the Black Plague is, it was, like, one of the worst things that wiped out a third of Europe's population. And it's like, black magic is the bad type. But, you know, but then Harry Potter does, sells millions. So, mm-hmm. this is, but, it, but that kind of level of subliminal conditioning, it yeah. exists. And so, you know, you kind of have to be aware of that because, you know, with the comedy, especially, especially observational comedy, is to an extent is a, it's art imitating life or it's art chronicling life. So you've got to kind of really, yeah, be aware of what you're talking about and, and the impact of what you have. So, because yeah. I, and I, and I, and another thing, I mean, even more recently, I've said, you know, just in terms of the level where we're at to my audiences, most of you here could probably name more types of sausage than you could name <laughs> it, um, African or Caribbean countries. Oh, I don't know why sausage is funny. <laughs> Because it's, because it's true. <laughs> Why gotta be sausage though? Because uh, just to show you the, 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 the just to show you the gulf between awareness. Yeah. Where if someone goes to an all eat breakfast, like well, Cumberland, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if, if you know, but if Ebo and Yoruba cuisine, they're, that's gobbledygook to them. They'll be baffed. Yeah. What's that? What's yeah? What, yeah, they'll be they'll be absolutely baffed, and that's the thing is that. If the, if we can name more, if you can name more types of dog than you can name African countries, then you know there's a sort of low level of awareness there. Yeah, there is a low level of awareness that you know you could tr- question your average British person on football trivia and what player blah 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 blah. You ask them to name like two Indian footballers. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, neither could we. But, um, yeah, what, anyway, what? Why did I say we. <laughs> you you can name know two my Indian. level. Would you of know? Who Indian. <laughs> Moving on. So yeah, that's Gang, right. <laughs> who are some of your who are some of your um favorite comedians? Um, I really like can I just say yeah, yeah. I really love observational comedy. Mm-hmm. I really like one of my favorite comedians is Jason Manford. Yeah. Love him. Think he's absolutely hilarious. Peter Kay mm-hmm. is one of my faves. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you love someone I, I who I'm just lukewarm about is Michael McIntyre for different kind of reasons. Mm-hmm. Although I I get the funny, but I'm kind of he does the you posh know. boy thing, yeah. which that, I quite that, like because he's not that that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's him. Like, yeah, that's exactly. And, very and, white, middle class, you yeah. know, lives yeah. in a, you know. He played, I mean, and, uh, you know, that's, you know, he's had criticism like most people do. And that's been his critique is that his stuff is quite bland and mm. it's quite banal. But at the same time, if that's your experience, you can't really have an opinion on anything else or make observations. That's that. F- well, bought him a big old house in West London though. yeah it's hard it's hard but at the same time you know I would say if you're going to do but then he doesn't really go step outside of that so yeah. anyway so in a way would not be not in a derogatory way but he does stay in his lane that's yeah so I think that's, that's, fair that's enough. where I kind of because yeah. I used to really dig him and then I could kind of just started to get maybe samey yeah maybe. not just samey maybe the stuff you go through and how you rationalise certain situations where you might laugh at if it's not being reflected by someone you're looking at, then you're like, well, I can't really relate to this. Yeah. So that's probably what happens. It's like, you know, a lot of time when I was doing certain gigs, like people, when I do like a university gig, then people might laugh at like the differences between West Africans and or Nigerians and Ghanaians. But when they graduate and they have to go and get a normal job, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, I'm from Ghana. What's the difference, mate? Then they realise, <laughs> then they realise, you know, that all of these kind of little nuances and differences or tribalisms that I've always held dear as differences in the big world, no one cares. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. I like. I, was, I remember being in uni once and someone was talking about having coolie hair. And yeah. this is Asian guys. Like, what does that mean? I was like, well, that's when a, a black person says that their hair is akin to Asian. They were creasing. They were creasing. There was like, those black people think they have Asian hair. And they were all busting up on the floor. Oh, they were busting up. And 
so they should. Yeah. So they should. Yeah. So they should because we're the only people that do those black shows and be like, <laughs> I'm half this and I had yeah. oh, I had Chinese like a week ago, so I'm Chinese and you know, you know we, we're the only people that try and break it down. Mm. Like you won't hear like East Asians, even though they make up a large population in both Jamaica and Trinidad saying, Oh my days, I've got family from the Caribbean. They don't do that. So mm. yeah, it's just another social ill that we kinda of have to look at. But I mean, I'm digressing like Go, yeah, going back to I mean I like Jay like Jason Manfred, he's he's a good, cool guy as well. Um like growing up, I kind of liked a lot of sketch comics because that's what I watched on TV. Because you yeah. couldn't really see stand up when you were young, so I liked uh, I liked Victoria Wood, rest in peace as well. Oh. Like Hayden Pace, I used to like Cannon and Ball. I used to like the Russ oh, Abbott show. Pace. Yeah, yeah. I Remember all that? Trying to make a comeback. They're probably doing the shows and stuff. Yeah. They're doing all right. I did a sh- I did a show in Northampton, and it was like the week before the Chuckle Brothers were there, and they smashed. Wow. And that's for the young students, so. Wow. And they still got some relevance there, man. So they're doing all right, and um, I mean, one of them. Don't drink, everyone got waved. So, <laughs> so, so Sounds like got waved. Yeah. <laughs> He got waved. So, you know, but they're still doing their thing. So wow. I like them as well. I used to like Bob Monkhouse, who used to do... Um, oh! Uh, I think it was a, not oh. The Price is Right, I think it might have been. No, that was... Um, wasn't that Leslie Crabber? No. But no, he used Bob to do Monkhouse the daytime show. Uh, where was Bob Monkhouse? But he's passed away now. Yeah. But he used to do... I used to do a date... He, I think... I want to say it's The Price is Right, but he... Um, I just liked it because it was very funny, but it was also very clean as well. Yeah. So it was a really good skill of his. Um, and then I suppose it was like when I got like to my early teens, then I started learning a bit more about stand-up. Yeah. But again, I didn't know because I'd see most people I liked as actors first. So I saw obviously Eddie Murphy and seeing Eddie Murphy Raw was just like, it was just amazing. Like, yeah. Because yeah, that was like probably one of the best stand-up I'd ever seen. Uh, Robin Harris, who was in Baby's Kids and he was uh, the dad in House Party. He was kids okay, in House Party. Yeah, right. He was a comic as well. Um, and then I used to have, I had a chip cable box in my house. Okay. So I used to see like a lot of American shows. So I'd see a bit of stand-up. I'd see um, In Living Colour, which is another sketch show with the yeah. Wayne's Brothers. That's where they started. Yeah. So was, as well that. as Jim Carrey and Jamie Foxx and Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, one of the Fly Girls. Um, yeah, and then... So I like a lot of sitcoms as well, like Nickelodeon and stuff as well. Like I used to like, like Moesha and all the stuff like that. Mm. So, And then I think I was... Oh, to, yeah. Apart from... <laughs> So he just came to yeah. my head. Apart from a lot of men in that show, a lot of men in that show have passed away, bro. I know. Hakeem. And, and a Haji. Yeah. That was crazy, man. Oh. It was crazy. It's really sad. Merlin Santander. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so then what happened? And then, yeah, I went to Catford Theatre and I saw Russell Pieces mm. and D.L. Hughley, who used to present uh, Comic View, oh, and yeah. Leo Muhammad. And it was funny because Russell Peters was the opening act and now he's the biggest stand-up in the mm. world. Mm. Yeah, and I saw it, and I, and I saw that I was like, oh, this job is amazing. I want to do this. Yeah. And then I heard Chris Rock's Bigger and Blacker when I was fifteen. Yeah, that's when they still used to do audio cassettes. And I think it was a Grammy nominated one. Mm-hmm. But it was after I heard that I was like, yeah, I, this is what I want to do. Yeah, um, I was gonna ask you, what was your, um, <clears throat> sorry, what was, was there ever a moment? I know that you knew that you wanted to do it, and you had all these kind of influences, and you watched all these shows and different um, comedians and stuff. But was there a moment where it was just like kind of power for you? That's it. I think that was the I think that was the point, but then at the same time, it's like I didn't know or had in my mind on how I'd pursue it like professionally. Yeah. So it's just like I like the idea of being a stand-up and making jokes for people and cracking yeah. people up. Like it's a part of me that I want to express. But so far as like, I, I thought any people that got into entertainment were people that went to the Brits or Italia Conti or yeah. had their parents to get them involved. Or you had to go to stage school your whole life. I didn't know that you could go and pursue it. Like I was 15 it's years funny, old. It's funny that you should say that, you know, because I remember being young and watching um, in the summer holidays this program called why don't you oh yeah why don't you i remember and i specifically remember thinking i'd like to be on that but 
I don't think it's for people like me. Yeah. I remember mm. thinking that as a youngster. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying, the media but the media can shape your perspective in yeah. terms of what you think you're able to do. Because yeah. like yeah. I've got a friend now who's in he's like an artist and he's a musician, but he was kinda like I just wanted to be a footballer because it was one of the only times you'd see a black man obviously even maybe slightly at a parallel in terms of mm. being prolific in society. So that's why he says football. And I guess as sports and entertainment has always, always been like, you know, seen as a a viable uh, yeah. route for like social mobility. But and also like and then I guess when I was fifteen it's kind of going through that adolescent time and you get involved with not necessarily being on the road but kind of like the hype of where, you're, yeah. where you live and stuff like that so the idea of me saying to everyone well I want to be a comedian <laughs> you make jokes and like I'm not going to do that to like Broccoli Boys where I live and be like hey guys <laughs> I know you guys want to make money or play ball but hey I want to do jokes on stage yeah so hey, hey plain food so probably something I probably repressed a lot more as well yeah, yeah. so were, you weren't when you were like at school or out with your guys were you that funny guy or no no I, I would I've been with my friends and people I knew I'd have been that yeah. funny guy or, and it was always like and humour is always like an icebreaker for most people anyway and yeah. I went to a secondary school I didn't know anybody so it's like how can I open up conversations and get to know people by making jokes and right. you know and it's like oh if I want to speak to a girl like how can I kind of cut the tension yeah just by making jokes and relax everyone and so it was always my kind of defense mechanism so yeah. it's always been something very esoteric for me to always make jokes and get through stuff anyway so and it's always been a good way of challenging authority as well yeah like when i was in school so if i could assembly i could do like a skit and i could do or say what i want and not have a teacher control me or have yeah. my voice you know being controlled by having to raise my hand so yeah it was always a go-to thing in the end Okay. There was something that I wanted to ask you about going back to the whole um, thing of other comedians that you liked. Mm -hmm. There seems to be this thing where they talk about um, where they talk about but comedians who are the life and soul on stage, funny, ha ha ha, mm -hmm. and then in their social life or in their personal life, they can be quite depressive and stuff like that. Is that something? I'm not saying that about you, obviously, because <laughs> yeah, like it, we've mingled and I know yeah, that's yeah. not the case. But what is that? I've just always been curious about that. It may be just, it may be just a one strand story that maybe I've just heard and no, I've heard taken that. to. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it can be thing, like yeah. depression can be quite endemic with comics as well. And it's because, it's partially because I think it's because of the disposition you have to have. So if you're going to be an observational comic, then the more you know, the more you can talk about. But it means you have to take the time to look at stuff and see. And sometimes, <laughs> You know certain things you know, they're not going to make you happy. Like, right. if you kind of know... Because the idea is that you're putting a new perspective on something. So people are always like, I didn't really think about it like that. Yeah. So then if you're doing that and you have to look for either mine uh, <laughs> topics for comedy or look yeah. at situations for the slant, then you might find out something that's going to depress you if you sit there and ponder it. So yeah. that's probably part of it. And I guess... It's, and then you guess you make jokes on stage because that's how you rationalise it. Yeah. But I always say to people, like, if they're like, well, how come you're not always funny off stage? It's because, like... <laughs> Yeah. So, oh my God, you don't, why aren't you funny off stage? It's because we're. Be a joke. Yeah, and that's yeah. what people are like. But it's like, that would exhaust you if I was like that all the time. Yeah, if I was always time, on, because right. not every situation, yeah, comedy doesn't suit every situation. Off. And I have yeah. to have that kind of self awareness, number yeah. one. Yeah. And then, number two, as well, it's kind of like, then you would have no, there'd be no light or shade. To, I'd have to have you <laughs> be balanced as a person if everything was just a joke. I was just thinking about some, I know when you said sometimes you've got to turn it off. But um, the thing about me, I like to laugh. Yeah. And there was a member of, I don't know if I should say this, well, yeah. there was somebody in court today. <laughs> what did she do? Oh, you got to tell us now. I started now. I saw them in court and they had like, like a waist trainer. <laughs> but you know, the under waist their, trainer, um, it under wasn't under. 
It was, it was over these. <laughs> Wait, the the cloaks that you lot wear. Oh, it wasn't a lawyer. <laughs> Lana obviously wasn't a lawyer. I just put this switch. She says it at work. Yeah, it was. It was in the courtroom. I should, I in the courtroom yeah, I with a waist trainer. So, I, think, like, no, I you, think it was. I think where do you work? I think it was. This is. Yeah, but it could. It may be. I think it was a medical one. Could have been the medical one, or you go in pen. <laughs> then might not have waist trainers <laughs> when you get to to the yard. <laughs> So anyway, I, have just, one. I just cute. saw the person and I thought that surely should be under your clothes. But the thing is, the um, lawyer that's in this case with mm. me, who's part of my, my client's legal team, we're just both the same. So we kind of looked at each other and I just said, don't. Because if he had said a word, I would have just been, <laughs> no, <laughs> been laughing. So it was just because you said, you know, sometimes you got to turn it off. Sometimes. No, sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's involuntary. But then, but I think if you, but at the same time, it's just time and place. Because it's about comments about timing, and it's just time and place when it, yeah. when it makes sense. But I would say, yeah, you do get a lot of comics that can be quite depressing, and it's also because of the lifestyle. Because essentially, you might go to a place where you don't know anyone, a town where you don't know anyone. Mm. Then you have to go on stage and you know be funny, yeah. which you can do. But essentially, you're still making strangers laugh. You don't know them, and yeah. the interaction you have with them is only like maybe a twenty-minute uh, instance of intimacy where you get to know these people yeah. you don't know them know them so then what happens when you're finished you're going back to your lonely hotel room or you're by yeah. yourself or back to your car to drive another four or five hours back home mm. by yourself and then that sounds quite solitary actually. yeah it's super solitary because yeah. then and people just come oh mate you made our night me and my missus we loved it it's our anniversary bye <laughs> <laughs> so, I gotta go yeah that's what happens it's like, I remember I, I did this competition uh, for BBC yeah and my heat was on my birthday yeah so I had to drive to Manchester on my birthday for like four and a half hours, do the show. Mm. We got runner-up, so I didn't even win it or whatever. <laughs> Sorry. But then I, and then drove back and I was like, oh, I haven't eaten for time because I can't eat before my show because yeah. I get too nervous or whatever. Stop and get some food. I'm eating a chicken mayo by myself in a lay-by. <laughs> Newport oh, Paddle Services. Oh my God. But that's the, that's the life, though, isn't it? Love no, but you see, at the time, I was just like, oh, what am I doing with my life, innit? Like, <laughs> but now I can look back and laugh because it's like, oh, that's that's how... <laughs> pathetic you have to be to, to chase the dream that's yeah. what you gotta do so yeah. that's why it's fu- that I was saying, that's what I was saying. but it's that funny now well, but that's what I'm saying it's just timing by the time it's <laughs> like right it's sad you know bruv. it's not even a shit not even a sandwich. it's a mayo from the pound saver because I, I need that extra I need the extra money for that you know I mean I can't ban it all on petrol and, and toll booth but uh, got a budget so it's regular fries too it's a oh, tough day no. Well, I had my own bottle of water as well, like from the, the gig. Couldn't even get even Coke. Yeah, so I'm saying having a Coke on. No, <laughs> it's you by yourself. That's it. And refreshments. Yeah, yeah, and refreshments. <laughs> they, they say that making a woman laugh is the way to her heart. Do I need to leave the room? No, I just, I just want to probe Dane's. Um, just love say the life. word, I can go. <laughs> no, stay, stay. <laughs> So, um, have you ever used comedy to work your way into a situation? Ooh, I think, to be, to to be honest, down. always. I, I, always. Cause really? It was, it's just a normal, a normal part of me, though. Because, mm. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't just sit there and be boring. As a, a friend of mine actually said, that's the thing, is that... A friend or a girlfriend? No, this is a friend, a male friend who is right. he's happily married <laughs> look, look, and has a wonderful family. <laughs> has, has, a, has a wonderful family as well. But he was saying, you know, this is the difference is that you can be a very rich man and you can take a woman somewhere very nice mm. and you can have a nice dining experience, for example. But if you are, if you can make somebody laugh and make them happy, it doesn't matter where you take them. 
So, you know, because yeah. people remember that, like, the time they had. It's like even with your own friends outside of, like, a romantic capacity, with your own friends, like, you, if you do something and it's jokes, yeah. you'll remember that more than what you ate or what you wore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's always emotion that helps you remember stuff. So yeah, that's true. That's why, yeah, I'd say I use it all the time. Not just because oh, this is how I'm going to get in there, but it's just... <laughs> if you're going to speak to somebody, you want to break the ice and you want someone to relax in your company, then you want to make them laugh at the same time. So, so it's just... have you ever used um, your funny in... You're funny. You're funny. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Subliminals everywhere, I but carry funny, on. I started thinking of funny. Uh, with a, funny with a PH, boy. And yeah. an A and two L's in the US. Have you ever used your funny disposition to, within a relationship to, like, maybe um, smooth over a bad situation or anything like that? Um, <laughs> I guess by that point she probably don't find you. I funny. guess. Uh, some, I mean, sometimes it's it's hard to do. I suppose you still you'd be you're, you're a normal person. I think probably the issue is more with relationships is that a girl might think, well, if you can make me laugh, and being aware of what I just said that it doesn't take money, you know, yeah. then who else is he making laugh? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I don't a, know why that's, funny. that's that's how it is. It's like, oh, <laughs> I've had that problems with relationships where it's like, ah, oh, had a good time. Did you make everyone laugh, <laughs> clown? <laughs> Is that what you do? That's be everybody's best friend, don't you? <laughs> and that's the thing. And I think about that, like, uh, I'm a clown. And then I think about it. And then that's what some girls be like, ah, oh, so you're making everyone laugh, are you? Mr. Funny, man. And then I'll flash forward. I'm eating a burger on my J's. <laughs> on a lay-by. In a lay-by. <laughs> and the petrol's so expensive. <laughs> oh, shit. People go, no, I'm not... I'm not I'm not a DJ, man. It's not. There's no. There's no comedy I nap, you know. <laughs> but everyone, like, everyone knows who you are. That would be amazing. A comedy I nap. Well, that's the closest thing to that, I guess. Is the, is the, is the festival. Yeah. Yeah. We are somebody, but then yeah, it's just um. What's I mean? It's like comedy at first, man. It's not really. It doesn't. It's not particularly lucrative or anything like that. And mm. you know, and that's the thing. Some people might be going, "Don't bother using jokes on me," you know. <laughs> Some girls say that. Oh, just don't tell anyone about this on stage, you know. <laughs> Nobody cares about you, whoever you are. <laughs> don't care about anyone to put them in my act like that unless it's good. Oh, right, what is next for you then? Yeah. What's next? Um, so immediately next, uh, so I just finished my first tour, uh, the first leg of my national tour. So that's the so it's winter, spring covered. And then... Name the tour. What's the name of the tour? The name is the Reasonable Doubts tour. So it's oh, the name okay. of my uh, second ever show is Reasonable Doubts, mm. um, which is a... Uh, take on jc's debut album and is also um yeah it's, and this is about doubts basically it's about life and again this is capturing the quarter life crisis and it's more i guess it's about like you know wanting to have this for so long mm. and then you know you're having it being professional comic what does it come with because it means you know for a start like your social life can be compromised because if i'm with someone like you know i never see them till the weekend yeah and then sometimes on the weekend it's like I'm bowling in at like two o'clock because now yeah. when jobs change if I'm out of town and I finish and it's if I come back at all if I'm not staying over somewhere <laughs> if he comes back at all that's what I mean and, yeah. and, then some, and that's it. also next thing you notice here tweet great show Dane ah oh. <laughs> good show was it <laughs> so yeah making people laugh yeah yeah funny man <laughs> I think you're funny <laughs> I think you're selfish you're <laughs> so special, don't you? On your stage, by yourself, making everyone laugh. Oh God! Ace. Yeah, so that's the that's the kind of thing Hilarious. you have to deal with. But um, yeah, so so I just finished. So the tour was mm. like just the nationwide tour and stuff, and it was really good. Yeah. Um, and then next month is the debut of my uh, 
sitcom, which is Sunny D, Sunny D. on BBC Three. So BBC Three has just uh, migrated online. Right. Um, so it's going to be on the flagship shows um, that's promoted uh, with the channel changing to an online medium. Okay. Um, but it will also be on BBC Two. So there will be a few shows on BBC Two. But if it's supported well enough, then it will be a mainstay on BBC Two. So, so we've got to support the cause. Yes. Yeah, and I say that because... You pay your TV license, yeah, you might as well. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like 22 minutes out of your life, man. It won't be wasted, man. I guarantee, man. Yeah. And it's a, uh, yeah, man. I'm happy with the show, man. It has put grey hairs in my headpiece, man. Like how hard <laughs> to work on the show. And um, there's some amazing talent on the show as well. Like uh, Slim uh, is in the show. Oh, I love Slim. Uh, so he's in the, uh, so I've got him yeah. in the show. Definitely. Uh, Rudy Lick was in the show. Angela Mars in the show. Mm. Uh, and then some talent that people won't be aware of, like David Ajayo. Um, he's in the show. And, and uh, as is, uh, Bemi Ikamelo and both those two are uh, historically uh, Shakespearean actors. They're from the Royal Shakespeare Company. Wow. Um, so this is technically like their, well, their TV debuts as well. Right. And they're amazing. Like, it's just, again, it's just another example of just a world that's not necessarily known at large. Mm, yeah. um, but it's just, you know, it's creating so much, so much talent. And um, uh, Sasha Frost, who had never done comedy before, and she's been on like Holby Seat and stuff like that, but she's never done comedy. So she appears in the show as well. Yeah. And... Yeah, man, it's just it's just been an amazing project to work on and um, to be involved in, and yeah, to see it go from a script to, you know, to a, like a whole command part trailer and trailers and all them things and cameras. It's crazy. Oh, look at you living the dream! I've got one final question now uh -huh. that you've got your foot in the <clears throat> in the door yeah. of the Beeb. Uh -huh. Has there been anybody there that you've kind of been like, oh, I'd love to work? with that person or just anyone in general because I'm sure you've come across loads of people I've come across loads of good people and I've chanced it where I've kind of blagged it where if I'm not working with them now mm. then I'll work with them at a later date by just name dropping them you know in the right time but at the same time you know so far as the show like there's a lot of talent in the BBC on both sides of the camera that again people aren't necessarily aware of yeah. and you know this show just this show this is like a four episode show like season there's only four episodes but about you know just shy of 40 people of colour have worked on this show it's fantastic and, and, and considering like you know there's not been a scripted sitcom on BBC for like 20 years yeah it's been able to like have that many people work there not just the core cast but also supporting artists, <coughs> artists as well yeah um, runners uh, you know production runners as well yeah so yeah it's a very inclusive show in that respect as well just incorporating a lot of combined talent and effort to hopefully make it a very good vehicle man and um yeah, I mean, I'm the weak link, man. I just turned up and blagged it, really. <laughs> thing, everybody, else was, everybody else was amazing, man. So I just had to convince them for a couple couple of weeks that I knew what I was doing. And then, yeah, so then, so then hopefully, yeah. I, yeah, I just hope people enjoy it, man. It's okay. um, got a lot of influences, I said, like, in terms of visually. Yeah. And so far as the nostalgia there, there's a lot of stuff. Like, if you're a 90s baby or grew up in the 90s, you can relate to. There's yeah. some stuff relevant to today. A lot of issues dealing with today. If you're dealing with a quarter-life crisis, you'll like it as well. Um... And yes, yeah, it's just hoping it's just bridging the gap between what we had seen and then what's coming now. So this, you know, hopefully it's kind of a linchpin that both audiences on, you know, both sides of, I'd say, like 30 can relate to. Okay. So, yeah, it should be good. It's so out, out of my age range then. <laughs> no, no, it's on both sides of 30, man. You no, like no, it, man. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> joking. Well, it's online, so you can wait until you're old enough, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you can I watch it. I get my parents' consent. <laughs> All right, funny. well, Dane, thanks for that, man. Listen, we've got to move on to our other topics. Um, hopefully, you'll stay around and give you add your two cents 
to what we're going to be Oh, yeah, I'll try. Discussing. What time is it? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll try and stick around for a bit. Right. Dane, don't get Hollywood on us about yeah. what time is it. What time is it? I, All right. my I have to keep going out to keep... Lock the door. <laughs> I have to keep creating the stuff that gets me on shows like this in the first place. Yeah. Plus, the sofa is hard in my bag. So I'm so sorry. That's okay. I'm I'll shuffle. That's usually out. my seat. So oh, I, I, okay. That's why it's like that. No, no. It's a light. I'll take the sacrifice for you then. We just want to talk. We actually, I'm glad that you're here for this because we, were, I really want to talk about this word diversity yeah. that's been floating around. And you know, you've got Lenny Henry going on a campaign. He wants to get more, you know, people of color into, you know, the creative industries. We recently had um, Michaela Cole win her BAFTA. Mm-hmm. Two BAFTAs. Yeah, yeah, two BAFTAs. In fact, just yesterday. So I guess you know my. You know, my question is, what is the reason for this? Like, are production companies and, you know... What's the reason for lack of diversity or the reason for... The reason why we're starting to see, like, you know, more... Yeah, more diversity, much to the annoyance of a lot of people who are just like, oh, no, it shouldn't be about that. It should be about, you know, best person for the job. But clearly, we do have an issue with diversity. So... You know what's 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 happening? Are people recognizing the talent, or are they just doing it because you know we need, to, we need to shut people up? So let's I think just it's do a it. qu- it's a mixture of both. Some people are trying to shut people up. Some people are genuinely can want to create the best thing. Mm. So it's just like with any industry. Some people want to push it, and some people have their comfort zones and what makes them comfortable and keeps their position of power. So that's why they want to maintain it. So yeah. I'd say even the diversity we see. I mean, it's it's good to see anyone doing well from a diverse background, but it's still probably not representative at this case like so far as if you compare like entertainment to sport for example yeah i would argue like on the pitch of like something like football we're not as underrepresented as we are Ooh, sorry. don't worry so it's not as underrepresented as we are in like you know entertainment for example and yeah. i always feel like you know where they say like you know it's diversity for the diversity's sake it's like look man if i can watch a film about a post-apocalyptic earth where the only people that survive are middle-class white people <laughs> even even though in africa you've got child soldiers and in india people all climbing on garbage looking for scrap metal and food you're telling me that if something happens to the planet these are the only people that are going to survive all these hairless people with no scratches are the only people that's left then if we the could clean, indulge, the yeah, clean they're all clean all clean fingernails and people yeah. and the hair's not even one scraggle. i've seen even when white people go scraggy and they go traveling and there's dreadlocks Things and sandals, <laughs> and then these people are all no even hair or no growth or nothing, not even armpit stubble. So if we're gonna believe that, then we can believe, yeah. Then diversity should be absolutely fine. And um, yeah, in terms of like the case of Michaela and stuff, like she's done, she's gone ahead in leaps and strides and deservedly so. And you know, I guess it gets to a point where you know people can lag it for a while and they can produce stuff they feel represents them. But mm. the landscape of television has changed now, not just television in general, but just media as a whole. So yeah. you know people don't have to rely on you anymore. Yeah. Whereby if you, and it's the same with music, and yes, you know, we've, the, the, the argument has been very recently in terms of like Brits So White, where you've seen some amazing strides being made by independent artists from the black community who've been marginalised by panels for like, you know, very, like the Brits, for example. Yeah. So I would say it's kind of, it's kind of gotten better, but it's, I think it's gotten better because of the initiative taken by people from diverse backgrounds yeah, rather than waiting to... on the uh, you know the establishment to mm. acknowledge them. Yeah. And maybe that's the lesson that we should take really is that while it's been annoying and it's been unfair or it's been tough to not be recognised or have your efforts validated by these institutions, I'd argue if you can continue to do what you want and realise, you know, some financial reward from it and continue to do it while you enjoy it, then doesn't really matter if they don't acknowledge it and that yeah. might have come from my own personal experience whereby you know i've done well and i've i've made it to finals of competitions and then you know 
the uh, audience response has not matched the judge's response. Right. So I just got to the point where I don't really care what they think. Yeah. Like, because at the end of the day, they just might choose someone that represents them or they find comfortable or they find more palatable because their experience reflects their own. Yeah. Even though it's not the, the reflection of what the audience want. Yeah. Which is fine in this instance, but what will happen long term, it's the same with, especially in, in a post-social networking era, you can continue to put on people you think makes you more comfortable, mm. but you'll hear about it online. You can't avoid that. Right. You'll, you'll, you'll get the, the feedback will be real in it. And I've seen that a lot of the time where it's like, you know, I've done shows where people are like, this is the guy who's the, he's the guy we consider at the moment. So we put him on, you just get brushed on Twitter. Like, <laughs> rubbish. He's rubbish. I don't understand. It's like, he's one, why? He's rubbish. So, he's, and, that's, and that will happen. You can't at lie. You and, as well. and they'll add, they'll add, they'll add people like, this person's rubbish. Mm. Why are they on there? And it's hashtags and people will find out. And there's only so lot. And that's the thing is that the same metric that people now use to qualify what's good and what works. So this has got so many hits and this has got so much, you know, retweets and whatever. Yeah. That's to say it can be, you know, it can be your um, curse as well as your blessing where mm. if you continue your old practices, yeah. then you're just going to look rubbish, man. And it's like, you know what I'd say personally, a lot of this comes from a superiority or imperialist complex. And all I would say is that in terms of diversity is that if they want to continue doing that, that's fine. But there was a time when English people would be talking about football. And they'd be like, blah, 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 blah. And Americans would be like, ah, we don't care about football, blah, blah, blah. And English people are like, well, whatever, at least we're better than your football. Mm. That used to be, oh, Englishmen could always be like, ah, oh, Americans got this and that and sport and whatever, but we're better than my football. Yeah. Not the case anymore. <laughs> it's not the case anymore. Because the thing about Americans, it's the thing is that we know that America, the diversity we see in the States mm. is probably a lot more so than the UK. Yeah. And the reason for that is that while we are well aware that there's a lot of racial inequity in the States, yeah. they want to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll do whatever it takes to win. So, yeah, they'll have a full team of black people in their NFL team or their Olympic basketball team because they care about the win. Yeah. Whereas the UK have an imperialist complex where they have to emphasize stuff like class and stuff like that. So it's like they, they don't mind losing as long as it's done with class. And they go, like, well, we kept our dignity and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, but then... And applauding losers mm. as well. But, that's, but, that's, but, that's, really but they've, done it, they've done that for years, man. They've yeah. done that for years where it's like, well, you know, we've done a great effort in England, England football team. You know, you're not <laughs> even in top 10. You, you invented a sport, you're not even in top 10. And what's, the, what's the saying? England gave um, football to the world and now the world don't want to give it back. Somebody yeah. said yeah. that once. I would say you let them take it though. Because <laughs> all this time when you're giving your friends jobs and... Mm this right. whole thing of nepotism and stuff that you've right. done for so many years. Yeah, it'll make you comfortable, but long term, if you're not having any kind of, you know, meritocracy where you're letting good people do well, yeah. then you see what happens. And the yeah. thing is, it's the same way, like, for example, The Wire is the highest, like, most majority black cast since Soul Food for years. It's like the biggest film with the, the biggest spectrum of, like, black uh, talent. Yeah. One of the most successful TV programs ever. Yeah. So that's not an excuse. Yeah. You know, but the pool of talent that's come out of that. That's show, what I mean. From Idris yeah. to um, and that's a perfect example. That played McNulty. Yeah. To Dominic the guy West, who's another, another English man as well. Yeah. He's another English man, and even Christopher Nolan, who um, directed the Batman films. Mm -hmm. When he made the films, he had all like Chucky Venice and all those people was in the films as well. Right. right you know, yes. they this going to lead. It's the same. The same with Americans. It's like they're obviously looking at these actors from the UK. Yeah. Who are either Shakespearean trained or you know they're classically trained. People yeah. like Naomi Harris. Uh, and or people like people like Idris Elba, who they've got like superior talents to some of their peers. Yeah. So they get their roles in America, they flourish, and the projects that they work in, they also flourish, yeah. and they do well. Whereas here, you want to hang on to some pond kind of mentality right. a lot of the time, and you know in some cases it's fine, but long term, 
And you're like, that class is becoming like a really defining thing. It, it always, it's always has been. It always has been. It's always has. It always has been. It's always, it's always has been. But I mean, when they say that it's not racist class here, that's it's really a flawed argument because no one can define a black middle class. Yeah. So there's no point in saying it, even though there are some black people who you could argue their income or you know their access to education yeah. or their assets would allow them to be classed as middle class. Yeah. We don't know of no black middle class. Mm. There's not, there's, you can't drive through anywhere and be like, there's no way you can drive through and be like, oh, this is a black middle class area. Right. Not really. So when they say class breeds more than rich, so what is the black middle class then? Yeah. No one could really define it. And also the fact that historically post-war immigration here was the Windrush generation who would have been working in nursing or they'd been working in public transport, which meant they would have immediately been middle class irrespective of their education. Yeah. So if class breeds more than race, well then being black automatically makes you working class anyway, yeah. which means you still exist at the bottom of a rung. You're still subject to the same, you know, oppression as a white working class person or just yeah. a black person, any normal black person anyway. Yeah. So the thing about class means breeding more than race. It's more of an issue of a, a superiority complex based on class more than certain classes existing. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, we are getting close to our wind up time. I know. Cough. No, so I'll pat your back. You know I actually just need some, <laughs> some fluids. <laughs> I need oh, to swallow it. I don't like where this show is going. It's supposed to be highbrow. She says, Look where you're taking us to. All right, it's a, get, it's a euphemism. You can read it. Double Same. entendres are <laughs> the cornerstone of witty. You don't encourage her. Fine. <laughs> We're going to go back to the highbrow. Okay, so shall we go to our shady corner? Section. All right, let's do this, man. So who are we putting in there this week? So we have a section called Shady Corner and we have another section to kind of counteract that called We Are The Light. So basically anyone that's done anything just wholly ridiculous, they just need to be oh, told questionable. about themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that's it. Shady Corner. And mm. then we have to bring someone that's done something amazing to kind of balance, balance that out nice. and they go into the light. So this week, there's two examples, actually. One is um, Lauren Hill. It burns my soul to do this, <laughs> but I have to do this. Oh, Putting L Boogie. I have Shady to do Corner. it because I don't know what she's on. Like, you never watched Sister Act 2. Carry on, I want to hear this. <laughs> the thing is, like, I've worked with a lot of creatives in my life. I know what they're like. I know they need to be in a certain space in order for them to give you what they need to give you. And Lauren's one of those people, you know, she's on a, you know, feng shui thing. Yeah. Like she needs to be in a space where it's, everything is matching, everything is aligned. However, that is affecting her timekeeping ability. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And when I say timekeeping, I don't mean by five, 10 minutes, even 20. My girl is notoriously late for like hours at a time. I've so I don't know if you saw on right? the internet, somebody recently. cussed her at like, not somebody, several people were like, it, it's not on and it's not on where online or face to face on face to her face wow. at one of her shows and that's really bad these are like people who have kind of stood by you for years and you've only yeah. had one one album granted it is a classic album but you you know you haven't bought us anything new for some mm. time so people have really stuck by you gone to paid money and time yeah. to go to your shows yeah. and this is the best that you can do so you know people were cussing their out so she felt the need to kind of write a response and her response was very much like you know my chakras need to be aligned and <laughs> you need to understand that as a as an artist blah mm. blah blah you know, it needs, needs to be aligned my pocket with my money. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think I can understand, like, working in industry, I understand why some people, like, who are considered to be crazy and stuff like that are the way they are because, like, industrial pressures can get to you. Mm. Yeah. But you have to, your loyalty first and foremost are to the people that support you. So I feel like, again, she's in an era now where she could be communicating directly 
with her audience be like, oh boy, I'm running late and I'm sorry. Yeah. And requests and this, do I mean? I can agree to Lauren being in Shady Corner though. It, but listen, it burns me. But it's just, I think, do you know what it was? I think it was the response that she gave. Yeah. I would have preferred if she just said, you know what, I got up late and I just couldn't. No, but she's she trying, trying, she's trying, she's trying, she's trying she's to. No, no excuse. Actually, no. I'm, I'm no. going for shade. I'll tell you why. Okay? <laughs> no, I'll tell you why. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Okay. Prince is gone. Whitney's gone. True. Michael's gone. True you can't be playing games out here, Lauren. <laughs> In the blink of an eye. In the blink of an eye. A fanny's gone. So, so far as the conscious sisters, there's not a lot left, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Stop playing games. Stop Either name a successor or get together. Because right now, we're looking for a conscious mouthpiece. A fanny's not here. We can't get a hold of Asata because she's safe in Cuba. Yeah? So, you need to hold up your part of the, of the thing, man. You need to hold up your part of the thing. Listen, people are watching Stevie like, Stevie, not yet. Yeah, people exactly. Not, not yet. Someone so said wrap just, him up in bubble wrap. Get it together because she's amazing. Like, yeah. like I've, I've seen Lauren Hill in concert when she came right. and she did have people waiting and it was at um, Brixton Academy. There's no seats in there. You're standing up and it's one yeah. of those um, um, flooring, one of, you know, the flooring where it kind of, yeah, yeah. it's, it's on the angle. Yeah, yeah. So you got your shoes on and you're slipping down your shoes, your foot your toes are hitting, yeah, front, you know, front, the front. front. Hate that look. And you're like, Lauren, if you don't come now, and you know when foot pain licks you, you yeah. don't care about anything. Yeah. It's like a hungry pain. When you're hungry, yeah. people are trying to talk to you, reason with you. You can't yeah. be spoken to because exactly. you just yeah, want to go and off. There's, and there's no, as I'm saying, there's all tension and things. Right. And like, no, no, nah, it's not good enough, man. Like, but why, have you, why did you make me do this? Not, for the, fa- not for the fans. <sighs> the, fa- the fans have come. I'm being one round. They're, I think they're, I'm with you guys. Yeah, because no, it's just the fans. Like, and if you're dealing with other people in the industry where they was being, yeah. Yeah, okay. Like long, she like whatever in it. She goes, I told someone to, you know, what I mean, where they can go, whatever. That's fine. But the fans, even to, and to be honest, man, they're patient fans. Yeah, they are. Some people wouldn't like wait around. You know, the, the mob nowadays are fickle. People are fickle, <laughs> fickle, fickle. <laughs> you, any act, she's any, crap. Someone coming she's out now. Yeah. Someone coming out now who just dropped one big album, Couldn't and if you left that. it three years, just two years, Couldn't do that. you can leave it two. Years, that's your career done. Yeah, mm. it's over. Who? Where's India Ari, man? <laughs> if you don't want to do the job, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> so Lauren, I'm hoping that you know oh, you redeem no. yourself in the near future because that, that did burn my soul to do no, it. It had to be done. L boogie's in shady corner. I know. Don't worry, she's gonna she's gonna redeem. Remember, herself. shade is a spectrum, man. It could be like not. It's not like a deep shade, isn't it? Like she could still feel she's the heat. In the yeah, corner, yeah. But she, well, she's, she's hovering. <laughs> like, go. I'm gonna say she's hovering. She's There's hovering room for her edge. to come out. Yeah, yeah I'm saying bit. you can always escape the shade. And at yeah. the end of the day, look, like I said, the fans. Okay, for the. This, by the same token that you're conscious of your need for like your chakras to be aligned, <laughs> you should also be conscious that you have, if you have a gift, that you need to share that yeah, with, sure. you know, your fans, and you need to be a source of inspiration or, you know, speaking as she speaks, like the holographic projection of the inner self. You have to replicate that within your people. Projects. You know, replicate that good nature. <laughs> Higher level, man. You, she's move. You can't be moving with them, them. Them green sac- chakras and them low, them low chakras there. Them low grade chakras. Yeah, yeah, them crown chakras, man. That's to be like them indigos and them things, man. Think about it, man, Lauren. Well, listen, okay. if her chakras help her with her timekeeping, I'm, have as many many chakras as you like, but not. Yeah, but, when you, time, but when you think about yourself, them things like oh, I can't. Well, that's that's red chakra, man. That's low chakras, man. <laughs> that's lizard brain chakras. If you only think about yourself, like what about all the other people that's working hard? Them high chakras, man. That, that you are not you. You being yeah, you're the person at the front of the stage, man. But it's not just you alone, man. There's the whole the whole process of putting on the concert as an ecosystem, man. Can we and just say Dame Baptiste knows nothing about chakras? I know about Nobody chakras, man. Follow this advice. No, I've no, 
I know about chakras. Like your lower chakras start down by your, in your red chakras, your, and then it moves up to your abdomen, to your, it's your green chakras and stuff. Because that's why lower is like, because it, re- it represents like acidity as well. Like the lit- so as you get higher to your crown chakras, that's when it goes. Did you say acidity? Okay, yeah. I'm gonna stop you right. Now. No, I'm serious, man. <laughs> Because when you're when you when you only focus on your physical needs mm. and them kind of things like food and like sex and stuff like that, that's like your body's not at its right levels. Your, your chakras aren't aligned properly because you're only satisfying what's called your lizard brain, which is just your most primal carnal needs. But when you got like I a think higher... you've made up lizard brain. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Google lizard brain. Google lizard brain and get at Dane to yeah, man. confirm and discuss on Twitter. Yeah, come and discuss. Don't don't discuss with us. Like, we don't know enough about. Oh, lizard wait, brain. Have you got anyone that you want to put in shady corner? Well, recently, yeah. Um, could be anyone, anything, just just something that's just a. a I don't know how I don't know how recent it is, man. I, I, I'm very sure that it might be a little while ago. But there's a guy, Trevor Phillips, who's the, the minister for racial equality. Oh, him. I think recently I oh, forgot God. he What's was he talking, doing some anti-immigration talk on behalf of UKIP. Yeah. He was doing what? He was doing some talk on, on behalf, behalf of, UKIP. of UKIP. Yeah. Trevor Phillips. Yeah. Are you being serious? Yeah. This was recent. Not that recently, it was a couple of months ago. Can I just interrupt you and say that you're right about the lizard brain? Oh my god. There are these. Dane, you're a phantom of knowledge. How the hell? Functions. What have you been doing? Learning about myself, man. I don't just I wouldn't be talking if I didn't know what I was talking about. That's a big that's a big right. pitfall of my job if I start talking and people are like, What are you talking about? Right. I think okay. Shez is in- intrigued. So lizard lizard brain is actually a thing, guys. Okay, no. Yeah, Trevor Phillips can can occupy Shady Corner from now until eternity. Yeah, that man, man, you can go, just, man. Do you remember exactly sorry, do you remember exactly what he said? I can't I can't I can't remember what well, I just know is that he is a professional in the sense of maintaining this kind of air of professionalism, but he's a troll. Mm. He's an idiot. He stands mm, yeah. for nothing. And you know the thing the thing I really detest about people like him, they take the issue of race relations backwards. See, fact, see exactly that's because of what they do. And that is more say. of an example of diversity for diversity's sake. Because then yeah. you have a man who this is a black man who probably who sits in a position or a low position of power where yeah. he's a manager and not a leader yeah, and there's right. a difference yeah. and all he's he's there for is to be a mouthpiece where it appears that there's a rebuttal from you know <sighs> the black community most of the time when it's like speaking because most people don't know who he is yeah. unless you and most people would know he's not this is not somebody who actively engages with his community there's right. no there's no trevor phillips center because no one knows who you are no one cares man <laughs> Yeah, there's no Trevor, Tre- Trevor Phillips way or anything. Yeah, Trevor, like that. Trevor Phillips estate, man. No, no man done from <laughs> no there, bro. No one cares. That's what I'm saying. Who's Trevor? Exactly. Right, so who are we putting into the light, guys? Oh, it has to be Michaela Cole, man. Come on. Yeah. Chelsea, do you remember the first couple of shows that we did? Look, I think it was the first two, maybe first three. And you were buzzing and about I said, chewing gum. You this did, girl, you I said, chewing gum is like one of the best shows on TV. Yeah, you the way it. I cackled you called at it. that show. Yeah, it's a good and show, And now man. she's winning BAFTAs. Yeah. Like, what am I, girl? You see me? Didn't we put her in last week, though. She was in for, the light last week. What did, was it for her? Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, it's for her. Um, for, I think Chewing Gun got commissioned for another season, yeah, yeah. so yeah. I put her in. Okay, you are the light, and now she's winning awards left, right, and centre. I, I love her to bits. That's fantastic. I'd actually like for you and her to do a little something. something. I don't know. I'd like to meet her. I'd like to meet her. Creatively, oh, some writing. Because I'm Mark Stain for, for my friend. For greatness, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, all but right. It, I'm just saying, she's in terms a, she, professional. Okay, professional, professional. always professional, man. No, she's. <laughs> I've never met her, but like for what I've heard uh, and what I like, as well as obviously what she's created, is that she's very hands on. 
Yeah. She's someone who's like, this is exactly how I want it. And this is how, and she um, said that in her after awards yeah, yeah. sit down interview. And that's yeah. and that's that's and that's basically the uh, that's what a lot of people say about her is that she you know she that she and that's something I hope I was able to emulate with uh, my sitcom as well. Yeah. So um yeah man yeah it's definitely she's definitely in the line. praise her praise her man it's, it's yeah and that's the thing man is that it's one of those things where even if some people don't necessarily get what she's doing then it still opens up the door so that people's palettes are now open mm. to the idea so it might be someone that is a bit more in key but yeah man no, she's definitely a breath of fresh air yeah and that's the reason yes. why I want to bring her into the lights because yeah, of her oh, and also her she wore a mummy dress as well oh, her, my, oh her Kense dress was, yeah, yeah. was amazing Go on, mummy mummy needs to start a line right See, now and you know it's so important it, and that's the thing man it's like she's made two statements yeah without yeah. even talking man and yeah. sometimes that is, is such, it's, some, it's so important in that in that uh, medium to mm. kind of make people know Use what you're those about platforms and yeah. Yeah, yeah you can and you can yeah. you can you know she's so solidarity in the number of levels in that in that respect and yeah it's cool man I loved her response to um, um, that comedian T Boy. Yeah, yeah, I saw. That I was amazing balls on Twitter. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad you. Like, I'm glad you looked at it, and I didn't have to mention it because maybe I'm kind of gagged because I'm in comedy. Oh, okay. okay. Now, we'll talk about it. No, really. <laughs> so, no, I remember. Yeah, you talk about it. Basically, I'm ad lib. Who am I? Okay, hold on, hold on, let me start. So basically, he um, complimented her or bigged her up um, on her series. I think for did he big her up for the for the, for the first for the first BAFTA? Yeah. Okay, and then she she replied to him quite graciously. Oh, thank you, and pointed out that he had paid her one of her first. Um, episodes of online abuse mm. by talking about her lips. She's got very full lips, very beautiful lips. Um, talking about her lips. Um, on Top Boy, on top, isn't it? Yeah, on Top yeah. Boy. So he'd sent her, He, I think he'd added her mm. in three mm. tweets, which was just like, who does that? Someone, um, someone that was looking for a cheap laugh, boy, but just, right. you never know, you cheap never know. Laugh, cheap laugh, you never know. You, mm. That's the thing about right. as no advice to comedians, man. Cheap right. laughs, man, especially if you want to put something online, make sure it's immortalised on there so it's Count to ten first. Because yeah, you, know? <laughs> you think you, that's you good advice yeah, to everyone. because that's any everyone you take, take count to ten first because you see that's you trying to get a cheap laugh. Your things like, oh my days, this girl's blah yeah. blah blah. Now look at her now. Now I can guarantee where they're like, oh, so we've heard this from this black guy. What do you think, Michaela? <laughs> They'll ask her first. <laughs> yeah. They will ask her first. Yeah. Oh yeah, him. Mm, nah, that's, that's you. That's you finished. And that's it. That's so, you. But she was really gracious in her response to him, and he was. He was quite equivocal about saying, oh, you know, I can be a man and I can stand up and say that I was wrong and da 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 But he, I, he ever really just said, I'm sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't have said that. that it's really one of those funny. apologies where it's like, well, if I offended you, mm. yeah. clearly you did. Not yeah. if I, because the, the suggestion by saying that is that, well, I'm not really sorry, but clearly you are. And I just want to put it on you know, social media that yeah. I made somewhat of yeah. an attempt well, I mean, he's, at he's, an apology. He's, but his, his ego as well, I guess he's trying to salvage a part of his ego because he basically, I mean... Because she aired him out. She, yeah, she aired him, she man. She, she got him, him nicely. Yeah. And, remember, and, him. and those two comparative followings now, yeah, like, that's a BAFTA winning talking to... <laughs> and, that's, and that's the thing. <laughs> so far as egos go, and that's not me insulting, but I'm just looking at objectively, is that, yeah. you know, you're insulting her appearance, whatever. Now, had she, you know, taken a less mature route or a less gracious route 
yeah. as somebody scorned, especially you're attacking her appearance, yeah. she could have brushed your life. Yeah. <laughs> she could have done, and she could have been like, well, this is a BAFTA. Now yeah. let's look in your trophy cabinet. <laughs> and we could have gone through, and she could, if she wanted yeah. to be, she could, I mean, the way she dealt with it, like he got, she could have been real bitchy about it. She could have been yeah. like, let's look at your IMDB, let's look at my page. Yeah. And then we'll see levels. <laughs> like Rihanna did with um, Tiana Taylor. Oh, yeah. God. She could have, she could have, she could have taken him to task. So, yeah. uh, more testament to why she's in the light, man. Because right, at a time where she could have been very petty, yeah. she dealt with it in a very gracious way, and clearly yeah. she recognizes the levels that she's at now. That's so, what I was just about to yeah, say. Man. This is a woman that knows where she's yeah, going. Yeah, exactly. She knows where she's knows going. What she, wants. she knows, knows where she's in. And the thing is, like I said, I'm not gonna be a big, a big insult for T-boy ever, but you know. You think about your material from now on, because I'd be lying. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I'd not made an insult to anybody, basically on a superficial level. Like I've probably been an idiot myself a few times, but yeah. you know, sometimes you, you got your. You but then maybe I got my lesson early, where it's like mm. again, sometimes a laugh just at somebody's expense. Yeah. is it worth it that much? Mm. Yeah, because now, like I said, okay. if you're gonna make a joke, especially where you're, this is what you pride yourself. As this is your, this is your livelihood. Yeah, that you make jokes. So if know you're gonna you're go, doing. so know you know what you're doing, because yeah. if you're brushing a woman now. And woman of colour that's that successful. Yeah. You can make you look like, you can make yourself look like an idiot now. Right. That's this is not the time for it, bro. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> from now, from all now, that's screenshots there. And every time it's <laughs> clapback. From now on, every time it's clapback season, every time it's clapback season, that's you again. <laughs> so you live by the sword. Yeah, every time. Remember that time when you got brashed. And then the thing is, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. So if you're gonna send shots, then you know they might yeah, be coming yeah. back for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I troll yeah. I used to I used to troll Geraldo Rivera all the time. <laughs> On a regular. Yeah, what do you mean, man? After um, Trayvon Martin got shot and it was like, talking some strippers about it, it could happen to... My son had a hood on him, but shut you dickhead, Bev. You, Geraldo, you scumbag, man. It's shame. Shame on you. I brushed him. Every time I brush him. For shame. How many black people will come from your doors on your, on your, on your sofa, pushing your show, and turn and talk that grease? Yeah. Oh, no, man. Yeah. Imagine if Ricky Lake turned and started cussing fat people or something like that. Yeah. Like people that she considered fat. Like, uh, mm. really, Ricky? <laughs> and after you were 22 stone, I went down to 11 and we all backed it. You would be, ah, uh, I'd, be, I'd be outraged. No, man. I cuss Geraldo on a regular basis. I'll do it to his face as well. I might even cuss him now on the way home for no reason. Oh, uh, do you know your social media channels? <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> for Dane based trolling, you can find me. <laughs> uh, I'm on uh, Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Dane Bap Tweets. Uh, my Instagram is Dane Snaptiste. And uh, yeah, and then my Facebook is just Dane J Baptiste. And then uh, my website is www. We don't even do that anymore. It's danebaptiste.co.uk <laughs> where you can find out about gigs and uh, join my mailing list for gigs. And, you know, I'd say you guys always welcome to come and see a gig, try out stuff. In the end, if you ever want to come and see a show, follow me. You never have to touch your pocket again, limbs. <laughs> Ladies. So, yeah. Love I love you guys too, man. And, I, oh, yeah. and thank you thank you so much for supporting the thanks whole time. Coming, it's, it's always good. It's always good, good ban- banterings. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show, Dane. So, guys, um, you've heard from the man himself. Support, support, support. And support us also. Come back, listen to our um, podcast. Get Tell a Friend to Tell a Friend to Tell a Friend. Tell a Friend. iTunes and SoundCloud. Tell a Friend. We would prefer it if you listen to us on iTunes. Apparently, that gets us, like, high ratings and everything. And then iTunes rates us. And we want iTunes. We want to be rated. Everybody wants ratings. I'm doing it for the likes. Doing it for the gram. as well. So, you know, as I said, iTunes iTunes and SoundCloud, whichever one is, you know, better for you. But we would prefer iTunes, please. Right. Yeah.
could just type it. Do in. both, man. Why not, man? Just open up yeah, both windows, man. You, you got a smartphone. What is this, man? John, as I said, you don't have enough to listen. You can just press play, let it run. Let it run. But you should listen, though, because it's great. Okay, guys, two girls in the mic with this one man, Dave Baptiste. And we out.